0: I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. more time welcome Uh, we're glad that you're here for online community since you were just watching my lips move and not seeing anything happen we're glad that you're joining us Uh, make sure you fill out your digital connect card and text the word river to 715-953-4060 let us know that you're worshiping with us and uh, that you're part of our service today Um, as we are here celebrating motherhood today and and celebrating uh, both the biological mothers we have and And the mothers who have poured into us as spiritual mothers, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you do, um, all the ladies here in the room, whatever you do to help create spiritual legacy. And so thank you for what you're doing here in our church, what you're doing in your families, and for the ways in which you're able to pour out on our community. Uh, One thing I do want to ask all of you this morning is just a simple question. How many of you like surprises? Okay, a few people raising your hand. Awesome. You know, if you're online and you like surprises, just text the word surprise me. As a matter of fact, right now, if you like surprises, you just turn to the person next to you and say, I like surprises. I like surprises. Okay. Okay. So now, now here's the thing. If you didn't say that or if someone said that to you, you what you need to do is sometime during the service, just turn to them and go, boo! No, no, please don't. And here's why I don't want you to do that for real, um, is I don't like surprises. I, I, I really, I, I, I'm one of those people, I like things in order and in place. I, I believe that if you're godly, you're going to be orderly. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's just my DNA. Um, and I've got a lot of people to back me up on this. I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time making lists and making lists of lists and putting things in their proper places. Um, and, and here's a every week I usually give you a quote. Today I'm going to give you six quotes to help you understand how important it is to be prepared. And so, you know, here's a few great thinkers who show us the importance of being prepared. Benjamin Franklin once said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Samuel Coleridge said, "It is, or he who is best prepared can best serve in his moment of inspiration." Louis Pasteur said, "Fortune favors the prepared mind." Stephen King, obviously someone we're all supposed to emulate, right? Um, he 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 once wrote that there is no harm in hoping for the best as long as you are prepared for the worst. Earl Nightingale said, "Luck." is when prepara- uh, preparedness meets opportunity. And Theodore Roosevelt said, make pre- preparations in advance. You never have trouble if you are prepared for it. And so all of these talk about how we need to be people who are prepared. And I think there's a lot of really good biblical examples of this as well. You can look at our you know, biblical examples of like, people like Deborah, and Joshua and Solomon, people who, who prepared and put things in place. Probably one of my favorites is Joseph, and how like, he had this very orderly plan on how he was going to save the nations by storing up grain. I don't know how many of you are VeggieTale fans, but uh, one of my favorite Tales is The Ballad of Little Joe, which is a story about... Joseph from the Bible, and my favorite line in there is a line where one of his brothers says, yeah, you should see his sock drawer. And I think it's funny because you should see my sock drawer. Like, I know when it was the last time I wore a certain pair of socks by where they're sitting in my sock drawer. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm sick. Please pray for me. <laughs> I mean, this, this is just part of my, my OCD tendencies. But the truth is, when you look at the Bible we recognize very quickly that God often meets us in seasons that we're not prepared for. And and so when we look at that, you see that there's so many people in the Bible that they weren't prepared for God showing up on the scene. As a matter of fact, if you think for a moment, who would you think would be the most unprepared person? Maybe some names are coming to you like Abraham. Or Moses with a burning bush. Or David out tending sheep and somebody just calls him up and says, you're going to be the next king. Or Esther, who's just a young girl trying to make it as a refugee in a foreign country who all of a sudden becomes queen of the entire empire. But probably one that is pretty high on the list of someone who wasn't prepared for what God had in store for her, was Mary. Mary was someone who was this young girl, this teenage girl, most likely, who was just being faithful. She'd recently been engaged, and then all of a sudden God decided to crash the party. And so today, in our sermon, we're going to look at Mary interrupted. We're going to look at the life of this young girl, who just was minding her own business, really. Trying to do what she thought was the right next thing. And God shows up and interrupts her life. And so, one of the surprises I have for you, if you like surprises, i got a few for you this morning. One of the surprises I have for you this morning is, we're going to take a look at a text that you're supposed to reserve for Christmas. We're going to look at part of the Christmas story and... And this is something that we normally reserve for December, but we're going to throw it out here on Mother's Day. And and we're going to look at this story. If you're not familiar with the Christmas story, you're not familiar with this biblical uh, story, Mary was a young girl. She was a peasant. She came from a small village in, in the middle of Israel. And she was really no one of consequence Nazareth, where she was living was this little out-of-the-way place. I mean, we think Menominee is small, but you got, you got to find some of these back communities where you know the population is like 62 or something like that where, to get a, a feel for where Mary grew up. She grew up in this small town. Everyone knew you. Everyone knows your business. And, and everyone was connected with each other. And it was in that community where most likely her fiance Joseph was living. And this would have been an arranged marriage, most likely. And so here is this marriage that comes together through families agreeing this would be mutually beneficial for the two families if these two people get married. What we don't have is any backstory of whether they loved each other or how well they knew each other. All we know is that they are engaged to be married. And then, shortly after that, news was broadcast to the community that these two people are pledged to be married. An angel shows up. And he begins to speak things over Mary that sound like good news, it had to have brought a little bit of anxiety with it as well. If you get nothing else out of my message this morning, the one thing I really want you to hold on to is that you don't have to know what the future holds to obey God. You don't have to know exactly how things are going to fall out, how, how things are going to line up before you start taking steps of obedience. And I know for me, as someone who doesn't like surprises, that's hard. But hopefully, we'll see through the, the story of Mary that you can have faith even when you don't understand what the next step is. And so, I'm going to read for us this morning, again, a very Christmas-like uh, passage, but I'm hoping it brings some inspiration into this time of year for us as well. As a matter of fact, why don't we stand for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to, if you can, if you're online and you can... Uh, Stand with us while we read God's word. That'd be wonderful. If you're driving, please stay seated. Um, But we're going to read Luke chapter 1 and verses 28 through 38. Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through 38. And this is how it reads out of the New Living Translation Gabriel appeared to her, this being Mary, and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said to me come true. And then the angel left her. Let's pray. God, I pray this morning that your word would speak to our hearts. I pray that this story of Mary would be something that would inspire us to live lives of obedience and trust. That even when life comes at us in ways that we are not prepared for, that we would be willing to trust you anyway. That we would be willing to take the steps of obedience that help us Mirror Mary's life, to mirror the lives of so many godly men and women throughout the ages who trusted you, believed you, and followed through. God, I pray that you would raise up faith in our hearts this morning as we look into your word. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, before you see it, why don't you wave at a person or two, let them know that you're excited to be worshiping with them uh, today. Uh, you can if you're online, you can wave at us too, or just uh, smile at us with an emoji or something like that. We are excited for all of you who are joining us today. Well, as we look at this story about Mary, there are a few different things, and I feel like it's a story that all of us should have some kind of um, sympathy for it this morning, especially when you look at the year that we've just walked through. There's no way any of us could have prepared for the last year. There's no way any of us could have had the foresight to say, by the way, sometime in March of 2020, the whole world's going to go crazy. We're going to have this pandemic. We're all going to get locked down. We're all going to be forced to you know, be in separate places. You know, and that, you know, by the way... That's not going to be bad enough. We're going to put a whole lot of political unrest. We're going to throw in some racial tension. And and we're just going to mix it up and see how Americans handle this. Nobody predicted this. Nobody saw this coming. And so, when we look at Mary, we see that her story has something to teach us. There's there's three things that I see in this story. A passage that we should lean on. First of all, Mary was fully unprepared. We, we, we're very, for those of us who've grown up around church, we're very familiar with the story of Mary. Even if you haven't grown up around church, there's a good chance you've heard of Mary. And the problem is, it's so easy to venerate her, to, to put her up on this pedestal, to act as though she perfect all the time. But the Bible tells us she was human. And I have to believe she was taken back by this. It's not like she was sitting there praying and saying, God, send me an angel so I know the next step. There, there, was, there was a very real sense that when, Mary, when Gabriel showed up on the scene, Mary was not prepared for it. And even when Gabriel began to speak to her and give her this message, she had to been just a little bit freaked out. She had to have been saying, okay, how am I supposed to do this? How is this supposed to work? She was unprepared. I, I think the, the very least of which that we can see is she's looking at this like, I'm supposed to have a family before this. I'm supposed to be married. And, and she, you know, she asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. She was very unprepared to be a mother. And so... In the midst of that, Gabriel tries to comfort her, tries to give her an understanding of this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to work. But he, even after that, there had to have been a little bit of uncertainty. I mean, we read this, and it looks like this whole encounter took about a minute. I mean, if you read it from start to finish, from when Gabriel shows up in the room till the time that he departs, you know, it, it, it's maybe a minute. Or so, But there was probably a few things you're, we can't see that was between the lines. I mean, I don't know that Mary was instant in her obedience. I don't know that she was instant in... I mean, there, there was probably a lot of shaking, a lot of tears, a lot of just, how am I supposed to live this out? But God was gracious toward her and, and helped her. And the other thing that... You know, I'm kind of alluding to right now is that Mary was probably fearful and confused. That not only was she unprepared when Gabriel showed up, she was probably pretty afraid. When we look at the passage which we just read in verse 29, it says she was confused and disturbed. That, that when, when this message came to her, she didn't know how to handle it. it's very easy to gloss over that and read a couple verses, oh, well, she accepted it. But there had to have been some lingering doubts there. And the angel even tells her, don't be afraid, Mary. I've joked about this in the past. I think that is heaven's way of saying hello. Because every time an angel shows up, they're saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But I think we... We've so cartoonized what angels look like that if a real angel were to show up in all of its glory, I don't think we would know how to handle that. I I think we would be a little terrified as well. And so, here this angel shows up and speaks to Mary, and he's saying, don't be afraid. But yet, there was still a good amount of fear, a good amount of confusion, How is this going to happen? How is this going to work? What is Joseph going to say about this? Yet, we see that she was willing. And and one thing that I want you to see is that you may be walking through life and God may have something that He wants you to do. He, He may be speaking something over your life of how you were to live. And I want you to understand, just because you're afraid, just because you feel unqualified or unprepared, doesn't mean you are disqualified. Oftentimes, it's in the middle of that feeling of unpreparedness. It's in the feeling that I'm not qualified to do this. I'm not, I'm not understanding. This, this is a hard thing for me to do. It's in the middle of that that God wants to meet us. And so, this morning, I, want, I really want to encourage you. You might be fearful. You might be unprepared. But God wants you to be obedient. And the other thing that we see, and this is probably one of the things that we hear the most about Mary, is that she was fully unprepared, she was fearful and confused, but Mary was favored. Mary was favored. She had the favor of God on her life. But what I want you to see is that that favor wasn't just because of who she was. As a matter of fact, the word favor that we find in the New Testament is the same root word that we see in the New Testament for the word grace. Undeserved merit. Undeserved favor. So, in other words, Mary wasn't favored because she was something special. Now, obviously, we recognize through the fullness of prophecy, that Mary had to be from the line of David, that in order to qualify to carry the Son of God, she had to be of that bloodline. But that was the only thing that was qualifying her. The favor that she received was not because she was a really good Jewish girl. It was not because she was the best pick. It was because God chose her to show his grace, to show his favor. I mean, in verse 28, Gabriel appears to her and says, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And then later, again, in verse 30, he says, Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. He didn't say you've earned favor. You've found favor. God has decided to bless you. And so this morning, I, I want to encourage you that you can be someone who finds favor with God too. That's not dependent on what you've done. That God wants you to receive His grace this morning. God wants you to receive His love. And it's not based on anything that you bring to the table. It has everything to do with what God wants to pour on to you. And before we paint this picture too rosy, you know, sometimes we hear this story and we say, well, you have the favor of God. And, and we think that if we're favored by God, everything's going to work out, right? Once you receive the favor of God, you're going to get an outlined list of this is how good life is going to be. And you're going to, all of these boxes are going to get checked. All of these things are going to get taken care of. My life is going to be perfect because I have the favor of God. And the thing that we sometimes miss when we read this story on Christmas is that after God pronounced this favor upon Mary, her life looked anything but favored. I mean, think about some of the stuff that Mary had to walk through. I mean, this, is, this is a short list, but it, but it at least gives you a concept of what the favored life looked like for Mary. She, When she received this message, there was a the very real sense that she might have to live with the scorn of being an unwed mother. Even after she got married to Joseph, there would have been people talking. I don't think a lot of people in her community bought the whole, the Holy Spirit came upon you story. That's not the way it works. They've never seen it happen that way before. And so she had to live with the scorn of that. Shortly after Jesus was born, they had to flee from a murderer who was trying to take their son's life. Then, she had to live as a refugee in Egypt. When they finally come back, Jesus goes through life. He's he's in his 30s, and she's coming to grips with the fact that, I don't think Jesus is ever going to find a nice Jewish girl and settle down. I'm a mom, but I'm not going to have grandkids through Jesus. I'm not going to have a mother or a daughter-in-law through Jesus. And so there's some very real human things she's got to deal with. Then, as he's out preaching, she's got to be afraid because the things he's teaching is angering the political leaders, angering the religious leaders. So much so that her and some of her other sons try to pull Jesus aside because they're afraid of what he is teaching is going to get him killed. And then one day she gets the news. It is going to get him killed. She finds out that he's been sentenced to execution. And just the the realization at that moment that she's going to outlive her son which is something no parent should have to do. Then she gets a front row seat to watch her son beaten and humiliated and mocked and whipped. Then she watches her son die one of the most shameful, painful deaths ever devised. And as her son's dying, he looks at her and in a good act of a good son says to one of his best friends, take care of my mom. And at that moment, she's realizing for the rest of her life, she's going to be cared for by someone who's not even a part of her biological family. That's what the favorite life looked like for Mary. Now obviously... We know the rest of the story, right? We know it turned out for good. We, we believe that when Jesus died, it wasn't the end. That He was buried and rose again. And it's because of His resurrection that eventually Mary received the ultimate gift, the ultimate favor. That she was able to turn to her own son and ask for His salvation. And this morning, we have that ability to grab a hold of that same favor. That same favor that was placed upon Mary has been given to all of us. And so the thing that I want you to see is that God's grace is on you to help you follow. When when she was walking through all this, this had to have been terrible. But God's grace was on her, helping her to walk through all of this. This was part of what it meant when Gabriel said, you're favored. It's not that Life is going to be easy, but God's going to be with you in the midst of all of this. And so, quickly, here are are four things that Mary did. Again, she didn't earn the favor of God, and you can't earn the favor of God. But I believe you can steward it. That when God pours out on your life, you have the ability to take that favor and use it well. And Mary did. And that's one of the reasons we, we celebrate her today. That's one of the reasons we celebrated her for the last 2,000 years. And here's a few of the ways that Mary stewarded the favor of God. Mary listened and paid attention. When God spoke, she listened to it. She paid attention to what God was saying. Another thing we see is that Mary was tenderhearted. This was a scary thing. Yet she she showed an internal grace. And she she said, "I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do." Another one of my favorite parts about Mary is Mary remembered and treasured what she witnessed in her heart. There there's a good chance that Luke actually interviewed Mary when he was writing his book. Because he talks about some of her feelings and some of her thoughts and some of her in, innermost things. And one of the things he says often about her is that she took these things and she treasured them in her heart. When God speaks over your life, when, when God puts favor, when God gives you a hope for the future, tuck it away someplace special. And let it be something that you hold on to when life doesn't feel so special anymore that you would trust that God is doing something and that that's i guess the other thing that mary did is she believed she heard the word this impossible word that you were going to be the one to not just become pregnant but you're going to be the one to take care of the son of god she believed the angel She believed the Word of God, and she lived faithfully with that. And so, I think if if we do these same things with the favor God's given us, we can live out the obedience God's called us to live. So, every week I like to give you something to think on, something to actually practically apply. And so, from this story this week, one thing I would love for you to do is to look for what God's doing in your family, in your community, in our church, in the world. And then join God in doing it. Join God in faith. We had an amazing opportunity yesterday to bless our community. And I don't want that to be a one-time thing. Obviously, we do that throughout the year. And we do different things like that. So come alongside when we feel God's doing something. We'd love it if more people were to come alongside of that and we could see God continue to do greater things. But in the meantime, look in your own family. Look in in our community. Look at ways you can be blessing people. God has favored you for a reason. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's a favor on you. And you are expected to steward that. So find ways listen and pay attention to what God's doing. Find ways to be tender-hearted toward the things that God cares about. Find ways to treasure and remember God's truth over you. And then believe it. Live it out and believe it. Join God in faith with what you see Him doing in our community, in our church, in our families, and around the world. Listen, Not all of us get to be a part of the story like Mary was, but all of us can carry Jesus. All of us have the responsibility to carry Jesus wherever we go. And by doing that, we have the ability to give favor to more people. So, With that, let's be people who live this out. Take this example, and follow after it. So, I got one more surprise. All the ladies here, um, before you leave, we've got a nice little uh, gift bag for you with some chocolates in it, some an inspirational bookmark, just to say thank you for being here with us today. We are so uh, thankful that you are here to celebrate Mother's Day with us. Uh, we're, we're grateful for what God's doing here. And so, happy Mother's Day to you all. And let's be people who take the example of one of the most famous mothers and push that forward by living a life of favor in the world around us. With that, I'd invite you to stand and ask the worship team to come up. And we're going to sing one more song before we end our service. But I just want to pray over us that we would be people who walk in this favor. So, so let me pray that over us this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you for the ways in which you pour out your love, the ways in which you pour out your grace, your favor on us. God, we thank you for the example that Mary has given us of someone who received your favor and cared for it well who stewarded the gift that she received in a way that it not just blessed her, but it blessed the nations. I pray that we would be people who take what You have given to us and look for ways to pour it out on our family, on our community, in our church, and around the world. God we just we thank you because you are so good I I can't talk about the favor of God. I can't talk about the gift that Mary received through bearing Jesus without giving someone an opportunity to respond to that favor. And so You're here in this room or you're watching online and you don't know Jesus. You haven't made that decision to receive the favor of God. I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer. You can pray using my words. You can use your own words. You can say it out loud or you can say it in the quietness of your heart. But I want to encourage you that if you know this morning you need God's favor. Maybe you've received it in the past. And you've walked away, or maybe you've never accepted that gift. I want you to pray a simple prayer with me. Some, pray something like this Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God rose you from the grave. I'm sorry for my mistakes. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my old way of life. Today, I choose to turn from that life and follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Give me the strength and power I need to live for Jesus every day. God, I thank you for new life. Today you have mine. As I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if that's you, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, could you talk with me after service? I'd love to make sure you get the resources you need. If you're online, click on that button that says you've accepted Christ or or send us a Facebook message. Let us know. You The important part of once you've made that decision you need to let people know you need to publicly proclaim that and and get the resources you need to live for him and we want to give you what we can so that you can live your best life with christ but we're going to sing one more song this is a song that we offer this song comes from a passage of scripture that we often pray over the congregation praying the favor of god the blessings of god but we don't want them just to have them. We want them to give them away. So let me pray that prayer over us, that prayer of favor over us, and then let's sing it together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for the blessing that you have. We thank you for the, the, the gift that Mary showed us of what it is to be a person favored. And today, I pray... That as we leave this place, you would bless us and you would protect us. Jesus, I pray that you would be gracious toward us and smile upon us. And I pray that every day we would walk in your favor and in your peace. As we pray these things in your name. Amen. Love you guys. Happy Mothers.